Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host, Tom Quee here. You know, we're back with yet another edition. Today we're looking at Outlaw Torn. It's myself and a guest. If you want to come on the show and discuss a song, we're reaching the final straight now. We're effectively in the, the final act of this uh, mad narrative that's been going down for two years or so. I was just saying to the guest before we went on air, like, uh, he got in touch in November 2017 and now we're recording this in April 2019, which is unfathomable, really. I can't, I can't quite believe that that amount of time has passed. Yeah, if you want to hop on the show and discuss a song before we wrap it up here at Alpha Metallica headquarters, get in touch with me. MetallicaPod at gmail.com if you want to do any feedback as well any correspondence I would love to read them out I would love to have an email corner like Metal Your Podcast do but unfortunately I, I don't get enough messages on there so maybe I'll start making some of my own up towards the end yeah MetallicaPod at gmail.com uh, at MetallicaPod on Twitter the main thing that I do on there is update you guys for any news and also ask for your feedback and I've got tons of feedback on today's song that I'm really excited to get into we've got a Patreon patreon.com forward slash Metallica. if you enjoy the show you want to give back to the show there's basically an RSS feed on there so episodes like this and anything else go on there first you get the opportunity to listen to them like a week two weeks sometimes even you know a couple of weeks I try and record in order but due to guest scheduling or whatever you know episodes often will be recorded say three weeks before they drop so yeah if you want that exclusive access hop on there leave us a review on iTunes go on the YouTube. Oh, and one new thing as well. Um, I may have mentioned this a lot of times on the show before. My first ever podcast was called Down in the Hole, a Tom Waits podcast that myself and my friend Sam did. Um, you know, originally we went through all of his albums, did his entire discography all the way up to 2011's Bad As Me. And then we sort of went on and did different things. I did Battle Rap Resume and then obviously Alpha Talica and Sam did his Paul McCartney podcast. But Tom Waits podcast is now back. It's back up and running. We're going to be doing it monthly. We're going to be doing a slightly different thing where we're going to be tackling sort of news stories and more thematic topics. We're going top 10 side men uh, top 10 spoken word pieces we've got some interviews with Bob Alcivar who was Tom's main composer on a lot of his 70s classic albums like Heart of Saturday Night and Small Change also Chip White who was Tom's drummer in his band The Nocturnal Emission so yeah it's pretty mad really what's going on there so if you are interested in Tom Waits at all and maybe you want to hear some more of this Brit harking on about music I'll put the link down below down in the whole Tom Waits podcast is there but uh, yeah today's show we're tackling the Outlaw Torn and I'm joined by Rob. Rob, how's it going, sir? It's going well, man. How are you? I'm very well. You discovered Metallica in late 1990, right? Your friend loaned you Justice cassette and it just was nothing was the same from then on. Yeah, it sounds like a story that uh, is shared by many. Um, I had just purchased a piece of crap acoustic guitar and I was learning basic parts of like Queen's Reich, Silent Lucidity, right. and uh, Pretty Woman, and all, all like just basic crappy was songs. Was it some, some Motley Crue and Poison thrown in there, right? <laughs> Motley Crue and Poison, of course. So, yeah. uh, only the only the ballads, because I, I was very bad, <laughs> and I uh, was just learning. Yeah. And so uh, my friend told me about one. He said, just here, borrow this cassette, check out song four. Um, it's easy. You could play the beginning, and brought it home that night and it was like nothing I ever heard before. It was definitely not like Motley Crue or Poison or Queensryche. Um, it was it, it it was basically life changing. I I put the cassette in and I listened to that one song all through probably from 11 p.m. all the way straight through to 6:30 a.m. when my dad got up for work and then heard me listening in my bedroom and yelled at me to get to fucking bed. So um, it, it was it was amazing. And then that just opened up Metallica for me and I started to you know buy their earlier cassettes cassettes back then. Um, I don't know if you know what a cassette is. <laughs> Um, I've got a brief idea. So, I mean, you know, getting into the band then in 1990, 
probably the perfect time, other than when, you know, tape trading days or whatever, like, because they were going on to become this behemoth. That must have been mad to be a Metallica fan when the Black Album is dropping. You see, and, all right, so interesting, uh, interesting story here. I, wait, like, so I really liked Injustice for All. That was my favorite album, you know, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning. I loved, I loved it all. Mm. Then when the Black Album, like, I was super excited, ready to, you know, buy the next new album. And I was one of those people at first that was like, what the hell is this? This isn't Metallica. This isn't the the same group that I've been, you know, in love with for the past year. Mm-hmm. Um, Enter Sandman, it did nothing for me at the time. I I was just not, I, I basically just bought it, listened to it, and put it away um, until my first show. I went to my first show in December of 91. And uh, so later that year, and, you know, went at Nassau Coliseum, you know, the worst seats in the house. But they opened with Enter Sandman on that concert and just seeing the crowd, seeing the power live, that just changed my perspective on it. And then all of a sudden, I was a fan. (laughs) So talking today about the Outlaw Taunt, and I've made it clear on many, many episodes that Load and Reload isn't really my bag. Uh, I put out a tweet, which I'm sure you've seen. I put it on the Facebook group as well. Uh, I have it right here. Do you want me to read it, Tom? Yeah, read it. very hurtful. Because the problem is, Rob, you know, a lot of times people will email in, and I only realized this in retrospect, a lot of people email in and just ask, oh, what's available, and I'll give them a bullet point of four or five songs. But in this case, you had asked for Outlaw Torn. So I wasn't goading you with my tweet, but but yeah, if you can read it, please. Well, let me set this up first, because you said it's been a year and a half since I requested Outlaw Torn. That's right. So I've had a year and a half of thinking about it, you know, like, (laughs) oh, it's it's coming up in a year, it's coming up in six months, oh my god, it's coming up in two weeks, and then I log into social media and get this on my feed. Should I do it in your voice? Uh, I'd I'd love to hear it, yeah. (laughs) Been listening to this a lot prep, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Been listening to this a lot in prep for next week's episode, and I still remain genuinely baffled as to why it's so lauded. There must be something I'm not hearing. This is amongst the very worst on load, in my opinion. Please convince me. Uh, talk about ruining my day, Tom. I mean, <laughs> that 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 was so hurtful. I, I took it to heart. I'm like, I'm like, I I love, I genuinely love this song. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, how how do you convince someone to like a song? You really yeah. can't. No. Uh, no. Like when I start to like dig into the lyrics, dig into the the music, and I'm like, how do you convince someone to actually like a song they don't already like? But um, I, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I'm going to give it my best shot. So, Yeah, and, and I mean, that's the beauty of music as well. Like, you know, everyone can have so many differing opinions on it. And it's like, how can they not hear this? Like, I mentioned Tom Waits before, for example. I have many friends, and I know many people are like, despise the man. Like, to me, he's uh, an absolute genius. And... Present company included. Wow, uh, not I, a Waits Sounds fan. like a cookie monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I heard, the first time I heard Tom Waits, mm. I was at uh, my wife's, uh, I was at my in-laws, mm. and it was on a mix that they were playing, and I thought, I really thought it was a joke. I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, is this real? Is this a real song? And then, yeah, then that was my, uh, my exposure to Tom Waits. So I, I didn't really give him a fair shake, but I just did hear that one song, and I was like, what the hell yeah, is this? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's from, like, the 80s on. He's a, he's a weird anomaly where he married, basically, and got more experimental. His first kind of 10 years are much more you know, softer in tone. But, 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 yeah, I mean, and I am an anomaly as well. I have to say, we're going to get to some of the feedback at the end of the episode, and pretty much everyone adores this song. People are baffled at me and why I don't think it's lauded. And, you know... Th- 
it, this whole show is about critical appraisal more than anything. I'm not going to bash it with any venom, really. I'm just going to say what I think of it. And I have listened a lot to it, and, you know, maybe my thoughts have been neutered somewhat from that tweet. So, um... You know, let's get into it then. This is, you know, obviously one of their longest songs, pretty towering track. We fade in from the silence with Kirk's kind of wah squalls and an insistent droney ch- chugging, the drums rising in volume here. Um, what would you make of this intro? Um, I think it's foreboding. It's uh, it's kind of a sign of things to come. Yeah, you don't know what to make of it. It's like, what, what's going on? It's a... Uh, it's not like any other intro for a Metallica song, but then it leads up to what I think is a monumental riff, an epic, anthemic riff that uh, I hope you can appreciate. See, I don't like that riff, I have to say. Really? I don't like that main riff. No, 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 no. I don't know, it's a little... Wow. Ah, it's a little annoying for me. It's a little gnarled. It's a little... It feels like it's poured from the same stool stuff stew of Load and Reload, you know? Right. So Load and Reload, I am not one of the people that loves every song on that those albums, you know, like I like there's I feel like there's a lot of crap in those albums, to okay. be honest. They're like Ronnie. I mean, what the hell is Ronnie? Yeah. Um, they call him Mr. Frown or what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I mean, yeah, so it's not like I just love Load and Reload. But, but this song, I really think that that riff is inspiring. Um, <laughs> and, and let me put it like this. So I always like that song. Like when it was released, that one stuck out to me. I would, you know, put it on my mix or whatever and listen to it, um, go out of my way to listen to it. And then I went to the S&M show at Madison Square Garden in uh, 99. I can't believe you were there. That's incredible. Hey, and I scored tickets to the next one, too. You uh, did? Yeah. There must be we'll very few people. Yeah, very few people have gone to both. That, that is mad. So, sorry, yeah, you, you saw it there. And it is a great version, I should say, there. You encouraged me to listen to it on email. And, you know, I had already heard it before, but I did listen to it again this morning. And I think they, it came and does wonders with the track. It really beefs up the, mm-hmm. the song. I mean, it, because it is a, it's kind of a stripped-down song on load, yeah. but with the power of the, the orchestra, like, I felt it that night. I remember I was like, wow, like, this is... This is amazing. And um, so when I've been listening to this song like in preparation for, uh, for this podcast, uh, I realized I really listen 90% of the time to the S&M version. And the, uh, the load version does sound a lot more stripped down, but still has value. But mm-hmm. the S&M version, I think, is the definitive version. And I recommend everyone check that one out if they haven't already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's a lot of space on the load version. Like, after the main riff, it pulls back, and we can hear Newstead's bass sort of carrying across. It's just slightly plodding, I suppose, the entire song for me. Um, I don't find it very catchy. I don't I don't find many of the lyrics that compelling or the melody. But it's just, it's just one of those things, you know. Like, I listen to this um, Pearl Jam podcast, Live on Four Legs, great podcast where they review Pearl Jam concerts. And those two guys, Randy and Matt, they are often, like, dumbfounded that the other doesn't really dig the song and they'll talk for, like, ten minutes. And it's just like, it's like trying to change someone's favourite colour, you know what I mean? It's just right. trying to convince someone to like in Indian food if they don't it, it, it's just something innately within us maybe in 10 years or something I'll just like wake in the middle of the night and be like oh my god Outlaw Torn yeah, yeah I think um, one of your one of your listeners uh, called you out it was pretty ageist what he said but yeah. it's like, when you're older you'll get it I don't know if that's true but <laughs> that was Nick Nick's been, Nick was on the show recently oh, now right, that okay. we're dead yeah that was quite an ageist comment Nick but uh, <laughs> it's all good yeah uh, I mean I mean, may, maybe so may, may, maybe it'll grow with it but I, I don't know I, th- I feel pretty uh, steadfast in these opinions but um, yeah the, you know 
there is this kind of wide panoramic landscape. I mean, the title itself, The Outlaw Torn, connotes this idea of sort of this Western, you know, frontier. And um, James's vocals coming in here. What do you think of his delivery? I love his delivery. Uh, then when he comes in and now I wait my whole, whole life lifetime for you and then he says it again um, and then it's kind of distorted it. This song it, let me I'll just, all right, I'll just put this out there. I think that this song is about James's personal demons, his uh, yeah. his struggles, his personal struggles and then his cry for help. This is James in 1995-1996 when he was still you know, not settled down yet. I mean, he would soon marry his wife, Francesca, I think in 97 or something or ni- mm-hmm. 96, 97. And um, so I feel like he was still struggling with the man that he was and the man he wanted to be. And so I feel like the the plotting, the stripped down nature of the, the first verses really works with that. It's it's him bearing his soul, him really like just uh, like trying to like search for the person Uh that he wants to be and it's not easy i mean as we go through the lyrics we'll see Uh i mean a lot of people feel this song's about cliff in some ways did you read Uh, i i don't agree um that's something (laughs) anyone else that does this uh that does this podcast in the future i would recommend not looking up what other people think of this song because it may uh it's disheartening because i've never put that together that it's about cliff um i don't think this is about death at all um I think people take it very li- – I mean, may- who knows? What do I know? This is my interpretation. Yeah, exactly. But but people take it very literally. Like now I wait my whole lifetime. There, I People point to like hey, after the bus accident. Yeah, I'd rather die behind the wheel. A lot of people talk about that line as well. Yeah, I mean I think that's too literal. But, mm-hmm. but hey, we don't know. Um, and I couldn't really find anything about where James or anyone else commented on the song itself. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if there's – there's no definitive – No. No, no. Yeah. I mean, no, as with the majority of, uh, of the songs, meaning. yeah. There's a lot of plurality there uh, in definition. Do you, what, what do you think it's about? Do you think it's uh, about Cliff or what, what's your No, take? no, I, I don't think so either. And I agree, yeah, you shouldn't go on to songmeanings.com and see what people write because there are paragraphs and paragraphs, like proper like literary essays breaking down these lyrics. Um, no, I, I feel the same way. I feel like it, it's James being quite candid and being quite open as he was being in this period. You know, uh, if I close my mind in fear, please pry open. He is asking for help and yes. explaining how um you know the defense mechanisms that are inherent within him and i do like his delivery um you know wait my whole lifetime for you the whole song lyric wise is quite repetitive in the sense that lines kind of echo each other it has a meditative chant like quality to proceedings and there are the the vocals underneath the vocals the multiple voices heard which is a nice touch a kind of nice affectation of the rock era um not really a sort of big chorus is the i suppose i mean he sings it but i wouldn't say it's necessarily a fist pumper for me at least i i think his vocals are amazing there uh-huh. um I, oh, yeah, right sing, now i feel like we're listening well, to yeah. two different songs tom uh, <laughs> <laughs> no uh i think it's it's dramatic i the the whole first um first verse or first couple of verses you know where it's just drums and bass and it's that plotting, minimalistic, mm-hmm. it comes back dramatic for the outlaw of torn part, um, and I, I feel like that's once again he's he's rebelling. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to have this self reflection, I want to be a better person, but screw that, I'm the outlaw torn. I can't give in. I'm like too good for that. I'm too too much of a you know quote unquote man for that. Um, I, I think it works great. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, 
you know, there are lots of successes in the song. I think the bridge, the hear me, and if I close, if I close my mind in fear, like that, that melody I really like, very kind of Bleeding Me-esque to me in its strength. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Bleeding Me is another one of my favorites on this album. Um, and I, I mean, I the, the ending of the song that, uh, you know, hear me, see me, beware, yeah. uh, that, that definitely brings it together. And I feel like that is when James either figuratively he's asking for help or um, I know that Francesco was in his life, you know, his wife um, was in his life at that time. So, I mean, it could even be literal to mm-hmm. her, like, like, because I know they had marital problems and, and James had many issues that, you know, we all know about uh, oh, yeah. at that time and for several years after this. So um, I think it could even be literal to her, like, you know, don't, basically don't leave me. I know I'm tortured. I know I have problems. I know that, um, I want to be a better man, but I need help. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I, that just speaks to me and I, I love it. And speaking of James, one of the great markers of this song again is the fact that he's soloing all over it. So about five minutes, 30, the, the first solo comes in this kind of delayed backwash idea that effectively is mimicking the melody itself. Uh, what, what do you think of this section? I like that too. It's it once again. I think it's the are it is it the volume swelly. Yeah, that's type, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah, I mean, I like it because it's still, still mysterious. Still, it's not resolved. It's not. Uh, it's not happy. It's not. Uh, it, it is still haunting. You know, uh-huh. this is a man with demons, and I just take that as a, a good mood setter. Yeah, I mean, sounds, I, I like his playing there. It's I anytime they do volume swells, it's fine by me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it fits the tone definitely. There's a kind of fragmented uh, dissonance to it, and you know, again, again like, I don't entirely hate Outlaw Torn. Like another thing that I do really like is when it cuts to the solo straight away. With those huge swarves of noise cutting through with Kirk. I think it's a great intro to the solo. It's quite inspired. Yes, and I feel like Kirk hasn't done that in any other solo. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I I just feel that the solo on the whole is just it's angry at first, it's pain, it's it's uh, fear. You know, it just it it fits the song so well because this is not a happy song. He doesn't resolve it and say, "Hey, I'm going to rehab and I'm going to see a shrink and fix all my problems." No, this is something ongoing and it's not happy. It's angry still. I feel like it just fits the tone perfectly. It does, it does. And then it cuts back into the bridge with the hear me and the backing vocals on that as well. And, you know, Kirk, the band do this a lot, like My Friend of Misery, for example, and stuff like that, where Kirk's in the back of the song, purging his own demons to a certain extent on the fretboard. It's just got a kind of brooding Western aesthetic that I do really dig to a certain extent. It's, um... You know, it's a long song as well, and there are these extended sections, and there is the kind of end jam. And I think on the Memory Remains B side, they did the actual full version, which the is uncumbered like, version. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I haven't actually heard. That is, is it worth it? The end jam, or uh, I'd say no, but um, <laughs> it, because I yeah, I mean, I listened to it probably once in preparation for this, and I've heard it in the past, but um, hearing the regular. Um, outro just fade out or the SNM version. I mean, that's fine with me. Um, I, I don't think it's necessary. And and I know it does get, uh, you know, the song gets slack. They, people say it should be two minutes shorter. Um, what's with this, you know, meandering outro mm-hmm. going nowhere. But I, I feel like it fits the song well. It It's not, like I said earlier, it's this it's not resolved james has these problems for years and he's just like in a western he's walking off into the into the sunset without without any resolution 
So if it just cut with, uh, you know, please uh, remind me of what this, what left this outlaw torn, um, I, I don't think it would work. I think you need that um, because James is still going on that journey and he will go through, you know, a lot of problems in the future or have experienced a lot of problems in the future. Marital, drugs, interband relationships, all that sure. fun stuff. So I, I think it fits it well. Yeah, and Lars was saying, quote, when we were doing the final sequencing of the Load album, the record company told us that we couldn't go a second past 78.59, which I did. You remember on the Load CDs, there used to be a sticker showing that it was that length. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess they were very proud of. Uh, <laughs> so I, so are you conspiracy theorists saying they just made this long so they can have that uh, great distinction? Or? Maybe so. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I mean, you know. How dare you, Tom? How dare <laughs> but, you? but it's not just this song that adds to the blow. I think House That Jack Bill and, you know, arguably sections of Bleeding Me and, and certainly sections oh, no, of no, Ronnie. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, bleeding me. Yeah, compositionally is better in that sense. Um, yeah, this is a, these sections I don't really like. To be honest, it reminds me a little bit of now that we're dead that I covered with Nick recently, where it's just unnecessary riffing and quite boring riffing at that, where James is just throwing different endings in, and you know, James is the, the riff god. He's he's the greatest purveyor of the guitar riff in the history of the world in my opinion and here i just find it quite bland i don't know i like a lot of jam bands you know I, I like white denim i like the grateful dead i like fish i like bands that can take guitar lines into interesting places i suppose i wanted james to be mike piazza but he was more mo vaughn if you know what i mean Look at you with the uh, American baseball references. Are, are you making uh, New York references for me? You, you know what? I've got to be honest with you. I went on your Facebook. I saw you're a Mets fan. I looked up Mets players just to impress you. Yeah, and you chose Mo Vaughn. <laughs> Mo Vaughn was on the team for a couple of years at the end of his career. Wow, uh, nice, nice current references. No, thank uh, you, Tom. thank you. But um, but yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the jam to a certain extent. Like I like that like like the James starts carving out towards the end. And I love on the S and M version when the strings mimic that and interplay. Really cool sequence. Yeah, I, honestly, the S and M version does make the outro more palatable. Mm -hmm. um, I can see that. I'm not blind to it. And um, just on the whole, SNM version really adds an extra oomph to this song that it may that you may think it's missing on the on the album. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's absolutely fair. But but what what about you? What would you make of sort of the last two minutes or so as it's fading out? I I like it. Like I said, it's a it's a journey. It's it's James not giving in. I, I feel like uh, I I pictured the outlaw walking into the sunset um, because. If we think about where James is at the time of the song, I don't know if he wrote it 95 or 96, probably 95, but I mean, he went on to have marital trouble. He got kicked out of his house numerous times by, uh, by his wife. He, we all know about his drinking and possible drug addictions, right. um, his handling of Jason. You know, he, he came from a background where he was insecure, didn't introverted didn't know how to deal with people you know didn't let people in so i feel like this is a good like go into the sunset fade it out um the the journey is still going onward you know it's nothing is resolved at the end of this so as we always do we'll go to you guys for your opinions on the song i should say as well we've got a facebook group I've, you know it's been going for years but i'm posting a lot more on it now so it's out just search alpha metallica on facebook and join we've got about 670 people over there so um yeah it was pretty much all positive bob o'rourke saying watch the good the bad and the ugly to get you into a proper epic mood search way deep inside yourself and the lyrics make strike a chord whether it's a lost loved one or a relationship that became the one that got away for me it's the bridge lyrics i'm certainly no fan of jam bands or songs that go on forever but this one and 
Fixer, of course. Me, me and Bob covered Fixer. It's always been a personal favourite. Nick, that we mentioned before, saying, Tom, your abject disdain of the loads is comical and somewhat admirable at times. Outlaw is a fine track. You will understand with age. Personally, I love the S&M version in due time, my friend. John Bradshaw saying it's okay at best. Should have chopped about eight minutes off it, though. It sums up that era of bland middle-of-the-road rock. Mark says, I absolutely love this track, one of my faves from Lowe, but I must admit I didn't like it much in 96 when Lowe came out. The SNM version really made me analyse the track and I gained a new perspective of it when I went back to the album version. And then just t- t- hopping on to, uh, tw- oh sorry, Ralph as well saying, Tom, I must say I absolutely love this track. It's a freaking epic song. Music is phenomenal and James's personal lyrics on this one really speak to me. One of the triumvirates of the epic beasts on the Loads, Bleeding Me and Fixer are the other two. For, um, for FYI to me, Lode is a great album that could have been a classic like The Black album if you cut ronnie and poor twisted me do, do you agree with that do you think load could have been like a black album with a bit of pruning um perhaps um yeah they, they definitely got experimental um and i think that would hold it back from being like the black album which was a street you know pretty much rock album this definitely experimented more um i, I feel like this I, I don't agree actually because i i think it's too too different even the um, the first single, what was it? Uh, oh, until it sleeps. Until it sleeps. Yes. When they, I remember they released that, you know, before the album came out, and I heard it on the radio, and it was like, all right, it's 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 fine, it's good, it, but I mean, it's not Enter Sandman or Sabatru or, I mean, name one song on Load that can rival those, you know, those singles, and I don't, I don't know if you could find one. It's just so different. I. I don't think that it uh, could have been the next Black album. No, no, you're, you're, you're right. And, you know, with Outlaw as well, I think I prefer half the album to it. I think Ain't My Bitch, 2x4, Sleeps, King Nothing, Hero of the Day, Bleeding Me are better than it. I do think Load is a front-loaded album. I think the, the, the B side, the, the second side is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a disappointment to me. I don't know about you. It's just a little bit tasteless. Well, not the Outlaw Torn. Tom. Not the Outlaw Torn. What, <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree the second half. Definitely there's some songs that I probably haven't listened to in years, or if it comes up, I skip them. Uh-huh. Um, but the Outlaw Torn, nope. That's, uh, that's a li- must listen every time. No, no. I mean, most, yeah, most people seem to hold this song in high regard, you know, regardless of the album that it comes from and just jumping on twitter quickly as well at metallica pod nick saying an amazing build and slow burn it's atmospheric and ambitious it's a great window into james's artistic state at the time the closing lyrics are so killer especially in hindsight of some kind of monster it's exactly what hetfield described just a few years later uh todd saying you don't have to like everything other people like this one convinced me metallica wasn't just a fresh band helped me fall in love with everything else for me the snm version though is a definitive one sadly podcast saying dim the lights tom let it in it's a slow burn but a good one it's story time with Papa Hat and of course I this is from the tweet that Rob mentioned before and finally Garrett Brooks says step one wash mud out your ears step two listen again that's good advice <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have, you tried, have you tried that yet Tom? <laughs> I need to try that and Metal Eater Podcast showing their elitist streak here saying it's hard to take anyone seriously when their main format for music listening is Spotify well I Maybe you should let them know that this track actually is on the SNM album. Yeah. Um, contrary, contrary to uh, what Ethan Luck thinks. Yeah, that was, All right, a, there that you was go. a saga. That was. That was. Look at that. That burn. Sick burn. <laughs> isn't there? A, isn't there a um, chapter called the Outlaw Torben? I'm uh, sure, I'm I don't sure know. There is. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure that pun is stuck in my mind because it's so damn good. But yeah, I'll I'll look that up. Um, any uh, any final thoughts on this song, Rob? In preparation for this, did you happen to read the novel Outlaw of Torn? I didn't know. 
<laughs> of course you didn't. Um, I, <laughs> when I was researching this week, I, I, first of all, did you ever know the lyrics were Outlaw of Torn and not just Outlaw Torn? No. That was news to me um, because I printed them out off the Metallica website oh, and it's easy, Outlaw right. of Torn. Outlaw of Torn, yeah. Which is, was so weird to me. Um, so I Googled that phrase and it's a book. I wrote his name down somewhere, whatever. Um, you mm -hmm. could, kids at home, you can Google it. It's the guy that wrote Tarzan, I believe. Um, oh, um, Burroughs. Yes, yes, okay. thank you. Um, you're, you're such an intellectual. Yeah, it's a, Ed, Edgar Rice Burroughs, a historical <laughs> novel. Interesting. Okay, yeah, um, from 1914. One of only two historical novels that he wrote, and the dust jacket is like some medieval knights. Yeah, and I read the, the quick summary, and I mean, basically, it's about a, a, some, a child that was raised as a killer to kill the king eventually, and mm. I guess he becomes, uh, you know, conflicted along the way. So I my guess is James just either read it or like the title because um i i feel like it's a much more personal yeah. song yeah i mean as we always say on this show metallica are a subtly literary band with a lot of their references but i never knew outlaw torn was one that is very yeah i didn't know that till this week <laughs> my yeah. my heart sank when i saw it i'm like oh my god all my ideas and it's about a book <laughs> <laughs> and the song has only been performed 13 times live it was really? debuted April 12th, 1999 in Honolulu, Hawaii. And you, of course, saw it as well at the S&M shows. And it was last played at the anniversary shows on December 9th, 2011. Can you see it getting another outing maybe in this tour or a future one? Uh, probably not. Um, yeah. I, I feel like it's a, a tough sell to do a, a track that's 10 minutes long that, you know, isn't one of their main songs uh, at this stage of the game. So I doubt it. Unless it's a special show or something, I, I don't see them playing it again. No, no, I agree. So we will uh, close up, as we always do, with a few quick-fire questions, Rob, the first of which being your favorite Metallica song. Um, This is a tough one because I could, you know, I love Fade to Black. I love One. I, I love Blackened. But so I figured I'd go a little less obvious um, and go with That Was Just Your Life. Because mm, love that I I've been listening to Death Magnetic a lot lately, and I I really enjoy that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Kirk solo guess, in that. You know. Especially after Saint Anger, like what? Thank God they Yo, came back. That, that's my outlaw torn. Like that that's my misunderstood masterpiece right there. Careful. Oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about a favorite album? Um, I have to go with In Injustice for All just mm. because it got me started. I I like how raw and dirty it sounds and there's no bass and i didn't even know any better but that yeah. just that was metallica to me i mean of course master puppets is flawless but just in my heart and it just moves me in a different way i'd say injustice for all favorite member um all of them no uh I, that's i don't know I, like favorite member i guess james is my favorite member but if i had to if I ever got the chance to hang with them, I wouldn't want to do a meet and greet because I feel like that is just weird. Like, hey, you're my idol. I yeah, love your song. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, thanks. Um, <laughs> can you play this song? Yeah, well, I'll think about it. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, I mean, if I could have drinks with you know a group of a group of guys and Lars is there, I feel like he would be the the most open uh, to actually like being cool and chilling, hanging out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I know you've seen them live a lot of times, about eighteen times. Is that right? Uh, I think it's about 20 now. 20. I've seen him. Uh... Yeah, that was true. Yeah, actually, you told me 18 two years ago. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> you went to yeah, the. I, I've, to... I've seen him on the, this tour, uh, Nassau Coliseum, and then Nashville. Um, I went to the meetup for uh, Middle Up Your Podcast. Oh, cool, those, cool. With those two bums, it was a great time. Damn, damn. Uh, you, you were at the MTV Icon show. 
Yes, that hell? was uh, that's a that I pulled one. some strings. I, I used to uh, be a personal trainer, and one of my clients had some connections at Electro Records, so um, got tickets for that. Flew out to LA, and uh, that that was that was interesting. Um, yeah. Some things behind the the scenes. Uh, Snoop Dogg was just reading cue cards. Everyone's like, "Oh, he was terrible." He, like, well, yeah, it's because he was reading, yeah, and it yeah, was just yeah. a joke. Um, what else? Corn. Uh, I like when I saw them live that that performance. I was like, "Wait, they messed up the lyrics." Mm. And then someone came out after and was like, "If you like that performance by Corn, they're gonna do it again." And it was like, "What?" <laughs> and then, but then they didn't. They they okay. I guess figured it's okay. good enough. We'll yeah, fix yeah, it in yeah. post. And um, the guy from Stained doing like oh, he yeah. had to stop the song. I think he was too stoned and start over. You know, <laughs> nothing else matters. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, it, it was it was cool. That oh, that was Trujillo's first show. That's so right. that was that's right. That was yeah. cool. We got to see. Uh, yeah, they did Frantic, and they Metallica actually did that twice because I don't think they played it right. Not that anyone would notice, but um, they did Frantic and then uh, a medley. So that that was really cool. Yeah, on the broadcast, you only get like a minute of Frantic right at the end. And we uh, we have covered that on the show uh, with Dave quite early on that. And I, I do like the broadcast. Well, some forty one were good, and Limp Biscuit weren't bad actually. And Avril Lavigne doing Fuel in a good and right. bad way, unforgettable. That was the highlight of my life right there. Um, <laughs> no, it, the musicianship was great for all the bands, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I mean, watching Avril sing Fuel, not not my cup of tea. No. <laughs> Just. It was it was fine, but it was like, all right, do you even know Metallica? Right. Um, but surprisingly, live Limp Bizkit was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he or Fred Durst, he worked the crowd. It was a it was kind of a cool version of Sanitarium, yeah. and uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Not a big fan of his, but that was a, I thought that was a pretty good version. No, I agree. Yeah, it was it was a good uh, rendition. And I mean, yeah, you've been to Lo- Lollapalooza as well, Yankee Stadium. Like, you've been to some of the be- best shows, like some of the most notable shows. And maybe the best is yet to come, yeah, Tom. Yeah. The, um, the, you, you know, they had the member sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could try to get tickets for S and M. So they no, uh, basically no one got them for the first show because it was all box yeah. or you know StubHub or whatever. Um, so they opened the second show, entered that, and then I got three emails telling me, you know, oh, you didn't get, you, you weren't chosen for this round. You weren't chosen for this round, and I just thought it was done. And then last, I don't know. Last Wednesday, maybe I got an email saying, or last Monday, and it was on when you have been selected on Wednesday. Log in at twelve o'clock, and you can get tickets. So I was like, all right, screw that, I'm doing it. Guess I have to plan a trip to San Francisco, but I'm going. Incredible, absolutely incredible. When, when is it? When is it again? Uh it's mid September. So I, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head. Maybe September 9th, something like that. Okay. Okay. God, yeah, that is uh, that is outstanding, man. And so, I guess, um, final question: If you do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what's the band you could cover? Obviously, Tom Waits. That yeah. man is a genius. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't, I don't really have another band that I love yeah. or know as much as Metallica. Um, I mean, if I were to do a podcast, it would be about a, a TV show or something that grips me that way because okay, what, I can get really into what series. TV show. Yeah. What would you do? Breaking Bad, all-time favorite. Mm-hmm. Missed the boat on that. Would have loved to. Uh, did you watch that one? Oh yeah, love Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm yeah, Breaking Bad, great. Um, Game of Thrones. I feel like it kind of fell off. I, I'm gonna get uh, scorned for no, saying had, that. You're but totally right. It's completely fell off. Yeah. The the first four seasons I thought were flawless, yeah. and then once they ran out of book material, it, it got very sloppy. And it did. I mean, I mean, I'm still still watching it, but you know, yeah. it's not as good. 
No, no, no. And the dialogue just lost its vigor. Like the, the, yes. char- the characters just sound so flat now and so TV. It's just a bit. Mm. Yeah, and I know. Are are you up to date with the show? I am indeed. Yeah. Okay, so I know this season they're making Tyrion, you know, make mistakes, and he's been making mistakes, and even even his dialogue of jokes, is, like making fun of uh, Varys doesn't yeah. have balls. It's no, like, I is agree. It, is beneath him. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I found that quite. Yeah, there was no there was no waspish wit to that. It was just like, oh, you haven't and, got balls. Well, and, and they did that last season. It's always like, oh, you don't have any balls. It's like, okay, great. Like you used to be funny. You used to be witty. <laughs> I, I feel like they're setting him up for something bigger. Like, you know, he's probably going to redeem himself somehow, but mm-hmm. still, I don't know. All I right. feel like everything's rushed and whatever. So uh, I guess finally, is there anything you'd like to promote? Any Twitters or anything like that? Or um, I would like to promote becoming a patron to your podcast ah. because you are criminally under underappreciated, I believe. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Thank I, you, Rob. Thank you. $5 a month. Do it. What is it? It's a... It's a cup of coffee, as uh, the made up your podcast guys say. They do, they do. I think, I think that's the problem. I mean, and I, no shade to them because they totally deserve it as well. But I think most people aren't going to donate to two Metallica podcast patrons. I know some people actually do, and I can't believe they do. But, but no, thank you. That's very kind. And yeah, patreon.com uh, forward slash Al Metallica. Put all the links down below. Let us know what you thought about that song. Again, if you guys want to come on and discuss a track in the future, MetallicaPod at gmail.com, uh, at MetallicaPod on the Twitter as well. Rob, this has been a really fun chat. It's been great to finally do this. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.